Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Inside the H Podcast, where we are Houston everything all the time. My name is Ike Cuellar. You can find me on Twitter at Ike Cuellar. That's I-K-E-C-U-E-L-L-A-R. Kush, bro, what a weekend of sports for H-Town, man. Our teams are balling out, and it's a great thing to see, man. Yeah, um, man, how about them Texans, man? Let's, let's, I mean, the, the energy from that game for me and for you, I'm pretty sure for the entire city of Houston is still, still pretty high. So, uh, let's get right into it, man. How about those Texans? Uh, I, I, I think we've got a franchise quarterback on our hands, man. What do you think? Oh, yeah, facts, bro. Like I said, like I mentioned before, this is officially a CJ Shroud stand podcast. As long as he's a Texan, bro, like he is him, and he showed out again uh, this past Sunday, man, uh, the, with the Texans defeating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 39-37. to 37. And let's just start with him, man. He was unbelievable. He had 470 passing yards with five touchdowns, bro. Like, this guy already, Kush has broke so many records and just a rookie. This is only his rookie year. No rookie has ever thrown more yards in a game than him. No rookie has ever thrown more touchdowns in a game either, bro. So there's all kinds of records that bro is breaking already. And when you think about it, we don't really have a solid offensive line, in my opinion, and we don't have a running game. There's, I mean, it's, sometimes, you know, we they're serviceable, right, the running backs that we have depending on what we're doing on that drive. But for the most part, we don't have a running game. And for CJ to continue to ball out like this in his rookie year – is just spectacular, man. The guy is special. Um, I think that if he stays healthy, I think that he'll definitely win Rookie of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, and the Houston Texans can possibly contend for the division title because the teams that we have looking forward, you know, to um, fighting for that spot are the Tennessee Titans and the Jacksonville Jaguars that we already beat over there on the road, Kush. So I just want to get your thoughts on it, man, and just if you want to just elaborate more on that, man, because the guys is special, and we kind of projected that on this podcast since the offseason, um, and just because – of the coaching staff that we were bringing on board with D'Amico Ryans. But, I mean, just go off, bro. Elaborate on him. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we all know that, you know, CJ Stroud coming out of the draft, I mean, both you and me were pretty much in agreement that this is the guy, like, he's going to be a really good quarterback. But do we possibly see this? I mean, 470 yards passing – five touchdowns uh that game on sunday they couldn't like they really couldn't really run the b- ball effectively 
they had a couple nice ones here and there, but you know, for the most part, we know. I mean, we're eight games into this thing. We pretty much know that we're not going to be a running football team, even though that's what um, the Texans coaching staff that's what they want to be. But I mean, we've you and I have seen enough. This team is not a running football team. They're they're going to be a passing football team. They finally, uh, you know, we 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 kind of hoped that they would kind of see that last game against the Panthers. But they finally saw that this game against the Buccaneers, they let C.J. Stroud loose. And, I mean, he was just picking that defense apart all game long. Three 100-yard receivers on the day. Um, Noah Brown had a big coming-out party. Take Dell, the the game-winning touchdown for him, a huge moment for his career. Um, and really, they – you know, the Buccaneers were really putting – the pressure on our offense to like, like you have to score every single series. And this game was weird because we lost our kicker <laughs> and Dari yeah. Agumbawale was out there, you know, uh, doing the kickoffs. And if you really like break it down, like to me, he was a really important part in this game because he made a field goal to kind of keep us in the game. And then we ended up winning that game. The, if you really look at it, that's probably the difference in the game right there. I want to get your thoughts on the Cole kicker situation and just, the, just you know, the fact that uh, CJ Stratos every series put in the position like, I have to make the next play, I got to make the next play. No, nah, man, you're you're absolutely right. Credit to Dari, man. Like, this was a running back that was not active in a couple of games in the year. Like, bro didn't even play in a couple of games. And there was, you know, rumors in the offseason, you know, they said that he used to play soccer uh, somewhere. I forgot where it was, but they actually prepared for this. It's, it's fucking crazy. And, you know, we see this stuff every year in NFL where sometimes – all of your quarterbacks might get hurt, right? And you might need a guy to play quarterback who maybe they played in high school or, you know, in college, but now they're in a different uh, position. So credit to him, man. I really thought that what he did, it was special going out there and making that field goal. I believe it was like a 30, 40 yarder that he made, Kush, and – that was a big field goal for us, man, to keep us in the game. And, you know, just credit to Dari, man. Like, what what a, a special guy. He was ready when his number was called, and he delivered, man. And to win a game like that, like, without a kicker, like with, with your main kicker, it, it just shows that, you know, this coaching staff is preparing this team and the guys – for anything that comes our way. And that's the type of football team that you want to have. And that's how you want to, you know, be prepared for anything that happens in the game, right? You got to be open to everything. But going back to CJ, man, we got the ball back in the fourth quarter with, I believe it was 46 seconds, right, Kush? Yeah, 46 uh, seconds, yep. When we're down and, like, they said, man, that was too much time for CJ. You know what I'm saying? And he went to work. He was cooking. And I also want to give credit to D'Amico Ryans, man, because we had two timeouts. 
and he used them the right way. Like the first two passes, we call he, you know, he called timeout right away. You kind of don't have a choice there, but it goes back to showing you like the clock management and knowing when to call it. Because if you remember after that second timeout, it's when we hit Tank Dale, you know, going towards the sideline. And not only did he make an unbelievable catch, but he also went out of bounds to stop the clock. And, you know, big shout-out to Tank Dale, man. He balled out. He had two touchdowns. You know what I'm saying? The stat line was crazy. He had six receptions for 114 yards and two touchdowns, and one of those touchdowns being the game winner. And, you know, it shows that connection that he's building with CJ. But I also don't want to forget Dalton Schultz, man. This guy went off, like you mentioned earlier, 10 receptions, 130 yards, and one touchdown. And I can't forget the guy who had the most yards, Noah Brown, six receptions, 153 yards, and a touchdown. So CJ was spreading the ball around everywhere, spreading the love. And this guy, I believe, if he keeps playing like this, Kush, he really needs to – they really need to think about putting him in the MVP race. You know what I'm saying? I know he's a rookie. I don't know how many times that's happened before in history or if that's possible, but this guy, if the Texans make the playoffs, I think he deserves a chance to be in, in that, in that race, man. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, as far as MVP, like, because you're four and four, you know, I kind of understand him like, him not being included in that race, but um, you have a huge game against Cincinnati coming up next week. Then you have a, a game against Arizona, and the following week you have a game against the Jaguars. So these these next three games, like you might, there might be a possibility that you may be playing for the division in a couple weeks against Jacksonville to have the lead in the division, which. I mean, if if you ask both, if you ask me at least, I didn't think it was it would even be a possibility at this point. But you know, here we are. Um, uh, but I want to go back to uh, C.J. Stroud in this game against the Buccaneers. That first half, he missed a couple throws. He, you know, got sacked a couple times, and you know, he, he the most impressive thing to me, you know, I've been saying this since you know day one with C.J. Stroud is. His ability to just like, you know, if he misses a throw, he'll go to the next play. He doesn't let that bother him, you know. And he he had like he had a mid first half kind of I would say. The second half he came out just firing and like the the accuracy is amazing. Um, the intangibles are amazing, but one of the most impressive things to me about CJ Stroud is his ability to just wipe the last play away and just keep you know just keep balling out. Yeah, man, I agree. Um, I mean, the guy is just special, man. And you know, shout out, shout out to Lovey Smith for making sure that we won that last game last year. I'm not gonna lie, I was pissed when we, you know, when we won that game last year. But it turned out to be, you know, what I'm saying, a blessing in disguise, and having the number two overall pick and landing your franchise quarterback 
that's one of the really one of the top quarterbacks this year in the NFL. And I think it was um it, it was Lovey Smith winning that game. And it was also the quote that he had, I think he was like in the around the the where the draft combine was going on. Um when he said I'm not a, a test taker. I play football. And when a lot of these guys hear that, you know, for a lot of them, that could be something that they don't like, right? Because they want to hear you give the best answer. Like, they want to hear, like, the best answer or the right thing, that they, you know what I'm saying, at the moment. And, you know, that was – it was – it just – was so perfect for us, Kush, because all the noise when the draft started was that Carolina was looking at CJ and then they started talking about Bryce Young. And I, I'm not going to lie, a lot of us Texan fans we were down about that because a lot of us wanted Bryce Young. I don't know if you remember that. A lot of us in the fan base wanted Bryce Young, you know, because of how smart he was. And a lot of those tests they had for the quarterbacks, he was doing really well in them. I don't know if you remember that, but, you know, he he's a really good test taker, you know, in that area. But when that happened, you know what I'm saying? They were like, okay, well, we're going to move forward with Bryce Young. And it just turned out to be a blessing in disguise, bro. And it just gave us C.J. Stroud as our franchise quarterback. And that's exactly the type of quarterback that we needed for this franchise to turn it around. And I think the biggest thing that we always talked about was the accuracy, right? Even since before the draft and how he was tearing up Georgia, you know what I'm saying, last year. Me and you talked about it a lot, you know what I'm saying, on this podcast. And I put a lot of stock in there, not to like – run the victory lap or anything like that, bro. But it, it's crazy how it turned out and how he's balling out now. And when you look at some of these receivers that we have, one of them is a rookie. One of them is a new tight end. You know what I'm saying? That we got from uh free agency. And the other guy, Nico Collins, who's also having a breakout year, Let's be real. Like nobody, nobody expected Nico Collins to pop off like this. The Jukush. Yeah. Well, I'll say this uh, about you know the pre-draft stuff. Like, I'll be the first one to admit I was one of those Bryce Young guys because I, you know, I, I didn't think that he would be playing as badly as he's played, you know, in the NFL so far. Um, and the, you know the funny part is like I. I was a fan of CJ Stroud in, uh, at Ohio State, but I was kind of out of the mindset that like, okay, he's got like so much talent at receiver, you know, like, or he he had Marvin Harrison Jr. and Jigba Smith, uh, all these guys on his offense. Uh, you know, Ohio State's always loaded with talent, so I was kind of hesitant to buy into it. But you know, whenever you whenever you you um try to get me to watch the tape <laughs> against Georgia, I was sold after that game, man, because he was. He was making really accurate throws against a really, really good defense um, that ended up winning the national championship, obviously. And just the things that we've seen from C.J. Stroud is 
uh, it's crazy, man. I, 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 I didn't think he would get it this quickly is the thing that I'm most impressed by. And, you know, going back to Nico Collins, the receiving core, this was a, the receiving core was a question mark going into the season. And to see Nico Collins grow up and play like he's played is a breath of fresh air. But like, I mean, I didn't think Tank Dell would be putting up these kind of numbers, like 100 yard receiving, you know, a lot of a lot of these games. Uh, I did not think that that would happen. Um, so, and I'm kind of of the mindset that, like, you know, a lot of people, you know, I'll, I'll bring it back to a James Harden quote, right? Uh, last week, you know, I guess the reporter asked the, the, the thing about him being a system player or he is a system he said he is a system. Well, you know what? CJ Stroud is not a system quarterback. He is a system, man. Uh, I mean, you can you can see it uh, every Sunday on the field. Like he doesn't really have a running game. The you're playing with a different offensive line every single week, pretty much. Um, and he's still going out there and making plays. Like it's 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 amazing. And I'm gonna say this if. If we find a way to beat the Bengals this Sunday, oh man, this this city is gonna go crazy. I'm telling you, like, <laughs> if we if we beat the Bengals Sunday, um, people are gonna have to start talking about uh, putting him in the MVP conversation. Facts, man, and let's not forget about the Cincinnati Bengals that we, you know, like you mentioned, we play this Sunday. They're a really good football team, Kush. They've been really hot lately. They won their last game. They're five and three. They have a great running game with Joe Mixon, and they got great receivers with T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and Tyler Boyd, and all those guys. They're a real, really good football team, and that's going to be a huge test for us. You know what I'm saying? We're going to be on the road. Um, we're going to be playing in the jungle, as they call it over, up there in Cincinnati. Um, that's going to be a tough environment, but we need to lock in and take care of business, man. I think what's really important is we need to try to find something with this running game, man. I, it don't have to be like, you know, over like 200 yards or 150 yards rushing, but it's got to put us in the position to, you know what I'm saying, to put points early up, you know what I'm saying, to score early in the game. And you, you don't want to get down against Joe Burrow and that offense, man, because they're just going to eat. And and you, we know the type of quarterback that Joe Burrow is. He took his team to the Super Bowl not that long ago. And that's going to be something that I think is going to be a huge test for C.J. Stroud uh, to play that kind of team. Um, you know what I'm saying? They have a pretty good defense. So I want to get your thoughts on like the prediction of the score. How do you think it's gonna go, Kush? Uh I think this is gonna be one of those games that, you know, it's gonna be a up and down game. But I would say that whatever we saw Sunday against the Buccaneers, I don't think we should expect that every week. Um now we know that if asked to do that, CJ Stroud can do that. But I don't think we should expect that every week. Uh, that being said, Jamar uh, Jamar Chase a back injury had a back injury. Uh, we'll kind of have to wait uh, till later on in the week to see if he's going to actually be out there. If he's not out there, um, I give us a better chance of winning. But obviously, 
we know the court type of quarterback Joe Burrow is. He's one of the best in the league. Um, you're on the road. It's going to be a hostile environment. So I actually don't think it's going to be as high scoring as people think. Uh, I will say, you know what? I'm going to say the Texans pull it off. I say 30 to 28, 30 to 28. Um, okay. My thinking in that is I think CJ Stroud has found, like he's found something now. Um, you know, earlier in the season, uh, Dalton Schultz was, you know, he was a, he was a goose egg. He like, he didn't show up in our offense early in the season. He's had a last couple games where he's, you know, we've kind of seen uh, what he can do as uh, as a tight end for this offense. Um, so I think that's going to help our offense. Uh, Noah Brown coming back, he, that's another guy that might, you know, that you can give the ball to. Um, I think if Robert Woods comes back also for our offense, I think that's going to help us too. But the thing I'm going to really looking looking at in this game is, I mean, how, how are we going to fix the run game? Because our, our run blocking is awful. Uh, Titus Howard at guard is not playing well right now. Um, and you know we lost uh, we lost our center, so we have inj- we've been dealing with injuries all across the offensive line. It's really it's really hurt our run game. Um, so you know I'm looking forward to see how D'Amico. Uh, and Slowick look to kind of not establish that run, but to see if they really just give the keys to CJ Stroud or if they still try to, if they're still trying to like um, run the ball um, and see if, you know, see what that looks like. And I don't know, is do, do we know if Damian Pierce is going to play this week? I'm not sure. I haven't checked the practice report, but, you know, he – I would like to have him on the field, obviously, but he really hasn't been doing, like you said, like this running game, man, has not been doing much. It's not been effective whatsoever. Um, my prediction for the score is Texans 24, Bengals 21. I think uh, Texans win by a field goal. Uh, I think something that's going to be really important is can we contain their running game? Can we contain Joe Mixon? That guy is a stud running back, man. If if uh, if he gets going early, it's going to be really tough for the Texans. Uh, I think our secondary, for the most part, we've been pretty decent, uh, you know, in terms of like bending and not breaking, uh, containing these receivers. Um, obviously, if you don't, if they don't have Jamar Chase, you know, that's better for us, but. Focus on stopping the, their running game because they have a good offensive line and Joe Mixon is a monster, man. Uh, he will make you pay, and you know what I'm saying? He's one of the better running backs in this league. Um, but I just want to I want to go back to C.J. Stroud and just talk about, you know, the buzz that's been going around the city now. Kush, like, it's such a breath of fresh air to have a winning team or at least a 500 team right now and seeing the Texans do well, you know what I'm saying? With a franchise quarterback and new coach, you know, um, new receivers 
And you could definitely tell around the city, man, that everybody is really happy. This is basically, you know, CJ Stroud City, you know, in terms of the uh, football. And, you know, like, bro's going to be at the Rockets game tomorrow to shoot the first shot when the yeah, Houston Rockets. <laughs> yeah, that. you know he what I'm saying? Him, he got himself a nice little jersey, too. I saw that. Yeah, and we've been getting a lot of love from the media everywhere, um, you know, after that game, man. Like, I could honestly say that we're back. You know what I'm saying? This fan base is back, uh, ready to support this team. You know, when you see stuff like that, that, that product on the field that cares about winning and that is so talented, um, everybody's going to show up, bro. NRG is going to be packed. People are going to be out there partying, tailgating. Like, we're back as, as, as a fan base for the Houston Texans. And you could see it in the city, man, the buzz. Um, even my guy uh, LeBron James was showing CJ Stroud uh, love, you know what I'm saying, on social media. Because, you know, he went to Ohio State. That's, you know, LeBron's favorite uh, college football team. So it's only right, you know what I'm saying? So I thought that was pretty cool of LeBron, you know, give him praise like that. Um, and that's who comes into town tomorrow. Um, and we'll be talking about um, the Houston Rockets a little bit later, man. But right now the buzz in the city, man, like in terms of football, C.J. Stroud has, you know, taken over uh, the city and just an unbelievable game to witness, you know, as a fan. It brought a lot of us, you know, a lot of joy, a lot of excitement, and a lot of optimism, man, to make these playoffs this year. I'm telling you, Kush, if we make the playoffs this year, this city's going to be fucking nuts, bro. You know what I'm saying? Because we have not seen the playoffs ever since we had uh, Perv Watson as our quarterback. And, um, you know what I'm saying? They're just a breath of fresh air. And uh, I'm, I'm sure, like, the, the city's going to be lit for that. Yeah, I mean, like... If you asked me like six months ago, did I think it was going to turn around this quick, quickly? Like, I keep going back to this. Like, I'm so shocked at how how quick of a turnaround it's been. And, you know, and I don't think it's just CJ Stroud coming on town and doing what he's doing. I have to give a lot of credit to D'Amico Ryans, the head coach. Like, I think both of them together with the staff, with everybody, they've like really turned this thing around. Um, I think the I think the players are really picking up what uh D'Amico Ryan is putting down. Like they have bought into whatever he's preaching out there. And um, you know, we we might we might make the playoffs, we might not make the playoffs, but just to see the turnaround and the way he has these guys playing, the way he uh has brought the fans back in that stadium because man, that place was loud on Sunday. Uh, that place is the loudest I've heard it since. I mean, I was watching on TV. That place is the loudest I've heard it since like uh, 2019, maybe. Yeah, man. So, I'm just excited for that part of it. Like, he, like the fan. I think the fans are uh, coming back, and you know, I was watching a game with a couple, a couple friends on Sunday. And, you know, during the game, you know, I think we're down like 37 to whatever, like 33 or whatever, 30. And I kept I kept thinking, I was like, this is, this feels like a game that 
the Texans are going to lose, right? Because in years past, they've always, always lost that type of game where, you know, Domingo talks about in the press conference, like everything that could go wrong was going wrong for them. Like they couldn't get stops. They lost their freaking kicker. Uh, they had their they had a running back kicking field goals and uh, doing the kickoffs. Like it just felt like something bad was ha- gonna happen. But you know, it's something about this team that whatever whatever it is, they're gonna overcome whatever adversity that they have going against them. And that's what they did on Sunday, man. And like as a Texans fan since two thousand two, for me, I was like, man, I, I think I'm ready to believe in the Texans now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Facts, bro. Like, I thought the same thing down the stretch. I'm like, it looked like one of those games where the Texans were going to Texan. You know what I'm saying? And we were like, shit, man. Bro, if we would have lost a fucking Baker Mayfield, I would have been fucking in shambles, bro, for real. And I will say this, though, before I forget. Man, shout out to Bobby Slowick, man, because he's been doing a hell of a job with CJ and just calling the right place, man, like putting them in position to be successful. You know, we can't forget about him. You know, if he continues this, he probably can get a head coaching job next year, bro. You know what I'm saying? You never know. But um, I thought it was pretty cool how Mike Evans walked into the stadium with a Houston Astros jersey. And I sent out a tweet when I saw that, bro, and I said, Tell me you want to be a Texan without telling me you want to be a Texan. You know what I'm saying? So next offseason, front office, go get that man. You know what I'm saying? I think he's going to help out CJ next year. I mean, hopefully, I'm just, like, talking shit right now. But if we could get him on a squad, man, that would be awesome. Um, you know, bro, for bro to come in like that, wearing the Astros jersey, you know what I'm saying, representing like that, I think, like, he won a lot of fans over with that, Kush. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, not to go into the future, but, like, the thing about having that quarterback, like, like CJ Stroud is, like, you can get free agents to come to Houston. And I think the Texans have had a big problem in doing that, you know, in their entire history. And I think CJ Stroud can go a long way into doing that. Um, with the Mike Evans thing, like you said, like you said for the following season. So, uh, but we're still in 2023. I uh, don't want to go too far ahead. Uh, looking forward to the future, but you know he wants to come here, though. He wants to come here, bro. Like you can see it in his <laughs> in his face, bro. He's ready to come down here and play for D'Amico Ryan's and play with CJ Stroud. I'm just saying, bro. Like I'm just excited to even like just think about that. Hey man, but hey, I feel you. I, I feel I what you're saying though. I'm mad at it. But yeah. uh we got we got the Bengals next week. Um uh like I said before, Bengals next week. If we win that game, we have the Cardinals next week, the following week. Uh now I don't want to guarantee anything, but I'm just gonna say if we win that game, following week after that, we have Jacksonville. Uh just to set things up, uh, Jacksonville plays the 49ers. This Sunday, let's you know, let's say they lose to the 49ers and we beat the Jacksonville Jaguars in in like three weeks. We're gonna be atop the division in the AFC South. What do you think about that? Facts, bro. That would be amazing to see. But like you said, we just gotta take care of the stuff that we can control, you know what I'm saying, and worry about Cincinnati and that team right now. And I'm sure. 
like you said, 49ers, I have no doubt they'll take care of Jacksonville. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think they lost the last game, the 49ers did. So they're going to come out, you know, ready to play um, against Jacksonville. And we beat them already, bro. You know what I'm saying? So next game that we play them, they're going to be, you know, out there to try to get us back. But I'm not scared of Jacksonville. You know, depending on how the record is, we keep playing the way we've been playing and take care of our division games. We're right in there. And I will say right now, it's only, uh, what is it, November 7th right now, Kush? Yeah, November seventh. Um, I'll say we are going to make the playoffs this year. I'm going to go. I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. We, we are going to make the playoffs, whether it's wild card or uh, winning the division. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I don't think it's that much of like. I don't think that it's that crazy of a thing to say. I mean, especially after last week. Like, and if you look at the division games coming up later on the season, I think they're all winnable games. So, you know, like I said before. Up to this point, being where we are in the division uh, at 500, like, I don't really think that's a stretch to say um, that the playoffs are, like, an impossibility to me. I think I think now, like, especially now after that game, watching how they played, I think the, not only is the division a possibility, the playoffs are a slight possibility. Um, now, we have the Bengals who are playing pretty well right now. Um, we've got the Broncos who are playing a little bit better. We play them later on in the season, so we'll have to see how those, those things go. But um, with everything that we've been faced with, as like injury-wise, uh, shitty run-blocking offensive line-wise, um, and even injuries in the secondary, like no Stingley. Ward's been out for some time. I think we are in a good position to try to make something happen. Yeah, man. I, I think, you know, D'Amico Ryans, like I said before, has these guys coached up, ready to go, prepared for anything that goes on in the football game, man. So we can definitely trust him and his game plan moving forward. But with that, Kush, I, that pretty much covers the Texans. Did you have anything else that you want to add? No, I think I think that's about it for the Texans. Um, hey, Ike, uh, this Sunday, let, let's go get a win Sunday, man. Uh, let's, let's light the city on fire, bro. Let's go. CJ is going to ball out again. Let's do it. Let's do it. So now, Kush, let's get into the Houston Rockets, man. And just like the Texans, man, we're right at 500 ball. We've won three games in a row. And I could officially say that we're back, man. We're we're a different team this year. You could see it, you know what I'm saying, in the last couple of games. We're already looking like we're starting to build some chemistry together and figuring out, you know, where everybody needs to be in our spots and, you know, defensive rotations like that. And and on offense, like, you know, just run everything through Shingun. But, you know, so the last time we recorded Kush, we were 0-3. You know what I'm saying? And two of those games were against difficult opponents. If you look at it, one of them was against the Spurs, and, you know, Wimby's linky ass 
which was a really, you know, tough game for us to play. We should have won that game if we would have made our free throws down the stretch, though. You know, a lot of us Rocket fans are 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 saying, even right now, we should have won that game against San Antonio. But, you know, the Orlando game, the first game, we were just not prepared. You know what I'm saying? It was just a clunker of a game, man. Like, we, we weren't ready for that game. They, they punched us right in the mouth. And the Golden State game is when, you know, Steph Curry went crazy uh, in the fourth quarter and was just making everything. Like, in the last five minutes, I think he made, like, five threes, you know what I'm saying, going nuts. But ever since then, bro, we had three wins in a row, first one coming against Charlotte. And that game was, you know, kind of one of those games that you expected to win. But for us, because we were still 0-3, there was a lot of pressure on us to win that game. And it really took the entirety of the game to make sure that happened because, you know, they battled through uh, even in the second half and, and made it real close, uh, you know what I'm saying, until the, about the fourth quarter there. So to get that first dub against the, the Hornets, Kush, that was a great, you know what I'm saying, like relief just to get out of the way, man, to knock that pressure off, man, because you didn't want to go down 0-4, especially losing to the Hornets, who are not that good of a basketball team. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, then, that, that Hornets game, I was at that game, man, and just, you know, last year I had – I went to three games last year, all uh, all losses on my part, so – I was just, I was just glad to be be in be at Toyota Center and experience the win, bro. Go go ahead. I just want to get that out there. Yeah, man. Um, no facts, bro. Like whatever. I'm glad that you know. what I'm saying you got to see a dub uh, this year, Kush. But you know, let's talk about some of these players, man. And like my favorite player, you know, like right away though is Dylan Brooks. The way he, this guy has been playing. And on both sides of the court, you know, both ends of the court, you know, defense and offense has really made a huge impact on this basketball team. And, you know, you see it where he's accepting his role and he's not doing anything out of character. You know, his his shot selection is pretty good at times. He's not taking like wild looks or crazy shots or anything like that. He's playing within, you know, the the role that we want him to play um, in. And I think that bringing him and Fred has really established this new culture on this team. It's still very early. Don't get me wrong, but having these vets on the team has really already made an impact on you know, some of these other young guys that we have on a team, and it shows, man, like against the Kings, in the third quarter of the first game against the Kings, we were struggling to get a, a bucket, man. We could not score to save our lives. But the one thing that kept us in the game was our defense. And I think that we've already shown that that's our identity this year because Ime Yudoka is preaching that every single day. You know what I'm saying? You can have a bad offensive game, you know, whenever it comes, but you can always give effort and play the right way on defense. 
whether that's rotations, you know what I'm saying, getting rebounds, uh, contesting shots, being in the right spot to pick up your man, things of that nature. But I want to get your thoughts, man, like on the defense of what, what you've seen so far that, that you like, man. I mean, you know, if you look at the last two games against the Kings, um, what really uh, impressed me about, you know, the way they played is they really defended. And when they defended, they got out and run. That's what caused them to take such a big lead in the game. Like, even even in the Hornets game, like, they – it's been a turnaround from, like, the last few years, right? Like, defensively, you, you can kind of see Ime Udoka's stamp on the team already. It's only been, like, a few games. And so I think that's, that's really, really uh, – What's the word I'm looking for? It's it's so great to see because uh, we know how bad this team. We, this team hasn't been a great, like a good defensive team since like 2018, 2019. It's been a while since they've been a really good defensive team. So, and I think if if they want to win games and get to where they want to get to as a team, I think it's like it starts with defense. They have to uh, put effort out on the defensive end. Um, and that'll get them easy opportunities on the other end to score. And we've been seeing that last couple games. And tomorrow we have a big test against the Lakers, man. Uh, LeBron James coming into town. And, you know, we know the history between Dylan the villain Brooks and LeBron James. Uh, I just want to get your thoughts on, you know, Dylan Brooks so far this season. Uh, because... You know, to me, I think he's been either your best player or your second best player all like this in the season up till now. Um, you know, five games in, he's really exceeded my expectations. I did not think he would be this much of a um, option offensively, I guess I would say, because he had a couple like he's he had a couple good shooting games. He's, you know, showed that he can score if you call on him to score. And uh, we haven't really seen any answers from yet so far. We might see that tomorrow, but tomorrow's a different day. I just want to get your thoughts on uh, Dylan Brooks and, like, what's impressed you about him so far? Well, before I go into that, Kush, we have seen some of his antics, and that's when he nut shot Daniel Tice uh, early. I think it was in the preseason. You remember that? We yeah, gave that was the preseason. Nut shot. We're not we're not worried about the preseason. We're talking about the regular season. Right? <laughs> no, but like in terms of like how he's been so far, man. Like I said earlier, he's been, you know, like just phenomenal, man. Like the impact that he's had on the team, and it starts on the defensive side, right? Because that's why we brought him in. And I remember a lot of people in the fan base were upset because of the contract that we gave this guy, right? Like how much we paid him. And there was a lot of people saying that was too much money. Now it's not looking like that. Now people are changing their mind and they're saying like, he's worth that. And you could see it, how, you know, the impact affects the young guys because the, the first game we played against the Kings Jalen didn't have a good game. I think he only had 10 points. 
but Dylan Brooks made some key shots there in the fourth quarter and took over. I believe he had 26 points in total for that game. It was the first game we played the Kings, and Dylan Brooks had 26 points, nine rebounds, nine for 14 for field goals, two out of four for three-pointers. So this guy is more than capable of making these big shots like that. And when you have vets like this that, you know, bring this defensive intensity, you know what I'm saying, uh, to the team, it just rubs off on everybody else. And the pressure comes off the young guys too. Like if he gets hot, Jalen doesn't have to go off, right? And a lot of us want to see Jalen take that next step. But, you know, he's still a young player. It's his third year. A lot of these players that are superstars in the league, bro, you got to remember, they don't become – a lot of them don't become great until about their fourth or fifth year. So – and then granted that, like, Jalen had um, Silas as a head coach, you know what I'm saying, to begin his career. So he's already behind – you know, he, he's been behind the eight ball now, and I hear a lot of people want want him to take the next leap and just, like, go off and score 30 points, which is not really, like, how should I say? It's not really – it's not realistic for Jalen to pop off this early in the season, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? So now that the, you have these vets – like Fred and Dylan, they take the pressure off of them and they also, you know, teach him the ropes. And a lot of the games that we've won, Fred and Dylan have went off. You know what I'm saying? Their shots have been going in. So Dylan Brooks has had a huge impact on this team and so has uh, Fred, Fred Van Fleet, man. Like th this guy is uh, the point guard that we needed for a long time. And it shows how he, you know what I'm saying, everybody's touching the ball. I think the last game we had against the Kings, we had over 20 assists, something crazy like that. And that means everybody's sharing the ball. You don't really have a guy yet that, you know what I'm saying, it's your main superstar. Um, but the closest guy to that is Alperin Chingun. Uh, the guy has been balling out, you know, filling up the stat sheet, man. Like, he he just, like, dominated Sabonis in those King games. Like, he is better than him already. I think it's safe to say that. And, like, when you look at it from the point of him being the hub of the offense, he gets everybody involved. I, bro had like 12 assists last game. And you've seen that, you know, every game this year, every time we need a basket, we go down to him in the post. We give him the ball. We recognize that this is the guy who can demand a double team and get other guys good shots, or he can get you a bucket down there in crunch time. So I want to get your thoughts on Alperin Shingun Kush and just what impresses you. Uh, the most about him? Well, Alperin Singun's, uh, the, he's been balling out so far this season. You could, you can arguably say he's a top three uh, center in the league. Uh, 
But to me, what still impresses me the most about him, even though we've known this about him since rookie year, is his ability to pass, man. Like, he's racking up those assists. Uh, you know, I think he got, like, seven assists against the Spurs. Uh, he's been up there each game. And just the last couple games, he's been very, very aggressive uh, when he gets the ball. And he's starting to shoot the ball more. Um, you know, we know that Ime Udoka is stress, stressing on him to shoot the ball. And I think the last game, I, I thought it was freaking hilarious. Um, he was a couple rebounds away from a triple-double, right? And after the game, uh, I think it was actually Jackson Gatlin, you know, asking him the question about, you know, you're a couple rebounds away from the triple-double. You hear Ime Udoka in the background say, you know, box out and get those – get those two extra rebounds. I just thought that was hilarious. Uh, but, yeah, man, I I think Ime Udoka – I mean, not Ime Udoka, sorry. Alperen Sengun is – he's making strides and becoming that all-star center that we know that he can be. And just going back to uh, Fred Van Vliet, the signing of Fred Van Vliet, I think that has really, really helped Alperen Sengun's game because – uh, you have a point guard out there who can get you the ball in spots, and he just doesn't have to create by himself that much as much as he had had to the last couple of years anymore. Yeah, man, I agree. I want to talk about Jalen Green and how he really had a bounce back game last game against the Kings. He really was came out. He really came out aggressive. And his shot was falling down early in the first quarter, Kush. And for a player, man, that's so good to see, encouraging. It gives you motivation, confidence, because once you see your first couple of shots going in, you know, you're going to try to, you know what I'm saying, keep even, like, attacking more. And he did that, you know, really for the first half where he made the referees – you know what I'm saying? Give him those calls. And he went to the free throw line a lot. And he made his free throws. He's making more of his free throws, which is, you know, encouraging to see. He was struggling a little bit early in the season there. But to see him, like, finally get, you know, some offense going and being more aggressive, that's what you want to see as a Houston Rocket fan. If we have any hopes of being a good team this year, that's the Jalen Green that we're going to have to see this year. And I think if he can get that many free throws a game, man, like, you know, in terms of his efficiency, he can average 20, you know, plus points a game, in my opinion, um, depending on, like, you know, if he's making his free throws and, and like, how, you know, if, if he's being aggressive during the game. But, you know, I just – there's, there's a lot of people out there that, that want him to do more, and, you know, rightfully so, but it's just going to take some time, guys. You know, this is his third year, first time he's had a real coach, so just, you know what I'm saying, it's coming, you guys. Just 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 wait a little bit, but it's coming, I promise. Yeah, I mean, I, keep... I, I think that's kind of the similar, or my view on Jabari Smith Jr. as well, as well as Jalen Green. Um, It's a new coach, it's a new system. It's going to take time for them to figure it out and they look really good against the Kings, but they're, they're going to have games where they might, you know, not look, um, 
at the top of the game like we expect them to, right? Because it is a new coaching staff. It's a new system that they have to learn. So um, I think my whole outlook at the beginning of the season was, you know, we might see some bumps and bruises early on in the season, but I'll say, like, maybe after the new year, I think that's when we're really going to start to see Emei Doka's stamp on the team, and that's when we're going to see what um, this team might look like at their best. Uh and you know, even even when he was coaching the Celtics, like they had struggles as talented as that team was, they had struggles early in the season too. So I think um I think they're gonna look a lot better like later on in the season. But you know, the last two games against the Kings, it was really like great to see that as a Rockets fan because that kind of gives you um a little bit of hope, right? Like I mean, when's the last time as a team they looked that good? Uh, I mean, last year probably. And even last year, you know, like, I I can't even remember when's the last time they looked that good. They looked really, really good, these Kings. And that that was a playoff team last year. Yeah. And and I'll tell you, the last time the Rockets were 500 was two years ago. You know what I'm saying? So it's been a minute since we've been here. And I think, you know, a lot of the stuff that Ime Yudoka, you know, is stressing to the team, obviously, is the defense. And you already see it. You know, you talked about how um, I think we'll see the Rockets at their best after, you know, like like around January. Defensively, I think that we are, we've already shown some of that. Uh, because it's like night and day, brother, like in terms of defense, man. Like we're already looking really good on defense. Um, I think we're top 10 or close to being the top 10 defense this year, just in the regular season games that have been played so far. And I think that will continue because of our roster that we have and the head coach. And shout out to Jay Sean Tate, man. Like that guy really – is a, a guy that gives 110% effort every single time he steps on the basketball court. And especially when those 50-50 balls, he's diving on the floor, he's playing defense, communicating, taking charges. Every minute that Jay Sean Tate has played, he has earned. And I just want to praise him, man, because a lot of people were like down and out about Jay Sean Tate. And, you know, I know – some of those minutes are because we've had, you know, injuries, you know, with Tari Eason and and even uh, Amin Thompson. So you got to get guys that are, you know, contribute right away. And he's been one of the bright spots of the bench. And I think it, it's whenever – I saw a stat earlier on Twitter that whenever he's on the court with Dylan Brooks – the defense is, like, at its highest, bro. And that's exactly what you want to see as a Rocket fan um, because you know that we're not going to give nothing easy. We're going to make the other team work. And he can hold his own in pretty much every position, um, you know, that he can guard. If it's a a five that he's guarding, you might struggle there because he's a little bit undersized. But he really plays bigger than his size, man. So, you know, just, you know, you know, 
So props to Jay Sean Tate for staying solid, staying ready out there to play, man. Um, really looking forward to more of uh, Jay Sean Tate. But um, I want to get back to Jabari Smith. You know, he's been playing well, too. He's been seeing his shot go down and uh, making threes. And I'm telling you, whenever Jalen and Jabari Smith Jr. are making their shots, it's really going to be a tough night for the opponent, right? Because you know Shingun is going to cook. He brings it every night, Kush. He won't have to worry about Shingun. He's pretty much our best player uh, offensively, especially when we need a, a bucket. But when you see those two guys hitting their shots early, it's going to be a long night for the opposing team. And that's how we've been getting these devs, man. You've been looking at the stat line, and you see, like, five guys in double figures. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Everybody contributing. You have high assists, you know what I'm saying, in these games that you've won. So there's a trend there. There's there's something different there that we didn't have last year, and that's everybody sharing the ball, uh, whoever it is. Uh, you know, if, if you're cutting, Shingun's going to find you. I mean, bro had 12 assists, I think I said earlier, uh, for last game. I think the only player that's done that before is Akeem Olajuwon. It just tells you the company that, that he's in. And I truly feel like we're back, man, like, you know what I'm saying? As long as nobody gets hurt and we just, you know, keep grinding and keep that defensive identity, you know what I'm saying, number one as a priority, I think we should be all right moving forward, Kush. What do you think about that? Sorry, man. I, I get talking a lot. I, I, I get a little excited when I talk about my team, man. But... <laughs> uh, you good. You good, man. No, but, uh, Jay, you know, we talked about the, the defensive uh, effectiveness of – Jay Sean Tate, Dylan Brooks, but another guy that we've been missing so far, Tari Eason, he's coming back uh, tomorrow. I think Ime Udoka said they're going to keep him at like a 15-minute um, limit, I guess, to yes. you know, for his first game of the season. So, you know, defensively, it really, really strengthens our team to have him back because, you know, those first three games that we lost, we really missed him. I mean, we talked about it in our last podcast, like, he like he's one of those guys defensively that when he's not there you can feel it, and when he is there you can see his effectiveness. You know, and his just not only his defenses but his intangibles. Like, um, so I'm really looking forward to to see him see him make his season debut tomorrow against the Lakers. Um, you know, it's whenever the Lakers come to town, you know, you always got to get your popcorn out, uh, especially with Dylan Brooks, uh, probably. Primarily guarding LeBron James tomorrow, it's you know it's going to be a fun fun little thing to watch. But what are your keys to victory for tomorrow against the Lakers? Uh, first of all, uh, offensively and then uh, defensively, what do you think uh, the the Rockets had to do tomorrow in order to get a three game win streak going? Oh, Sorry, four, well, defense... four, game, four game win streak. Four game win streak. Facts. Uh, defensively, I think we have to make sure that. AD doesn't go off on us, you know what I'm saying? Because, um, you know, when he gets going, it's really tough, you know what I'm saying, to to, to just contain him. Like, a lot of people forget, man, like AD was the big reason why the Lakers won that championship in the bubble that year. He was playing, 
you know, out of his mind, man. So we got to keep an eye on him. Obviously, I can't forget, you can't let LeBron James go off. You know what I'm saying? He's one of the greatest players to ever play the game. And, you know, I'm sure Dylan Brooks is going to be guarding him. But I want to talk about what Dylan Brooks said and how he's already, you know, started talking shit and say that he's ready to lock him down. I saw a lot of people saying, like, man, don't say that. Don't poke the bear. I'm like, man, fuck that. Like, I love that from him because he's fearless, bro. That's the way that he plays. That's who he is. And, and that's the kind of dog that you want on your team to be ready and to accept that challenge, to go to go guard the best player on the other team. It doesn't matter if it's the greatest player of all time. Like, he's ready to go. He accepts the challenge. And that's why we gave him the name Dylan the Villain, man. Like, he's known for, you know what I'm saying, the antics that he does on and off the court. And that's just who he is, man. Like, um, you know what I'm saying? I'm ready to see him, you know what I'm saying, like talk a little smack to him, give him a hard foul or something, you know, things like that. But just know, like, he can't get in foul trouble early, man, because we need him. So you can still, you know what I'm saying, like talk shit or do whatever you got to do, but just don't get in foul trouble really early, man, because we need Dylan Brooks on the court, you know what I'm saying, tomorrow night, really any game, but – uh, tomorrow night when he's guarding uh, LeBron James. But on offense, Kush, I think that um, we need to see a lot of what we saw against the Sacramento Kings, and that's us moving the ball, um, you know what I'm saying, getting, like, great looks, high, like, genera generating great looks, making sure that Shingun is the hub of the offense, uh, he's going to make it easier for everybody else. I don't know if you remember, uh, Shingun had a great game last year on the road versus the Lakers, and he was cooking the whole game. I think we ultimately lost that game, if I remember correctly, but he was one of the, the bright spots of that game. And really, it's, it's he's tough to defend, man, because um, a lot of ways he plays like Jokic, where you double-team him, He's gonna he's gonna make the right pass, and other guys are gonna cook. But I really feel like with with this three game winning streak we have, you know, we, we have a little bit of home cooking, and that should work to our favor tomorrow night versus the Los Angeles Lakers. But I know that whenever you play the Lakers, man, you got to keep in mind these fucking zebras are gonna come out, and you you might be playing eight on five tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Because LeBron James, let's face it, he gets all the calls. You know what I'm saying? And that's because he's probably the best player in the league. You know, that's just how it goes sometimes. But it's that and the fact that you're playing the Lakers. It's almost like two different things that you're battling, man. So you're going to have a, a tough task against you tomorrow night. Um, you know what I'm saying, against that team. And hopefully the, the Revs are not uh, asked tomorrow, Kush. Yeah, um, I, I think offensively they've got to keep moving the ball like they have been the last few games, obviously. Um, I'm kind of looking to see if 
Jalen Green is really aggressive to start the game because last year he had a really good game against the Lakers in LA. He, you know, he was just he was just on another level against the Lakers last year. Um I think like you said, the offense has to run through Shangun. He he had a really good game against the Lakers last year also. Uh and defensively, I think um Dylan Brooks against LeBron, like obviously the all eyes is gonna be on that matchup. Um but they, you know, they have to win the re- they they gotta win the rebounding battle in this game. You yes. can't give the Lakers extra possessions. That's facts uh, for for LeBron to, uh, you know, do what he does on that court. Um, I think one guy to watch out for to me for the Lakers is Austin Reeves, man, because that guy he can shoot. He is really active, uh, defensively, offensively. He's kind of got deceptive hops, man. Like, if you don't box him out, he can he can get over you and get an easy basket that way, or get an offensive rebound. So, I think the I think the way that the the Rockets will have to win this game is with their defense. Um, so it, you know it's a big matchup for these guys. Uh, we'll see how they look, but um, you know I think. I think the Rockets lose tomorrow. However, they I think they look good doing it. Um, the Lakers are just they're a good team. Uh, LeBron James is one of the best players I've ever seen in my in in my lifetime. Uh, we'll see if Anthony Davis shows up because that's a guy that like sometimes he'll show up, sometimes he won't. He's kind of a wild card. If he shows up, then it's gonna be a tough day. <laughs> it's gonna be a tough day for the Rockets, but. Um, if we can keep them under like at like 105 or below, I think we can win that game. But I mean, that's that's asking a lot because they have a lot of weapons offense on on offense. LeBron is like virtually unguardable. Like you said, uh, if Dylan Brooks gets in foul trouble, uh, we're kind of in trouble because we really need him out there on defense. So, uh, what are your thoughts on that, man? So I think that because he's going to be guarding LeBron, I think it's beautiful, perfect time that perfect timing that we're getting Tari Eason back tomorrow. And I think that him and Dylan Brooks will alternate on LeBron, take turns guarding him. So, you know, they don't get in foul trouble. I think um, they're going to help each other out, you know, in that way. But on offense, man, I'm really looking forward to more of the Fred and Shingun pick and roll. I think that teams have, have not figured that out yet. Uh, and, and I think Shingun is just that good, man. Like, once you get him in the pick and roll, the guy can shoot, you know, stretch out the floor. Uh, he can shoot the three, put it on the floor, take it to the rack. Um I think that pick and roll is going to create a lot of problems for the Lakers. Um, and I also am looking for Jalen to continue this good shooting, man. If he can be consistent and, you know what I'm saying, keep knock, knocking down uh, those three-pointers and also taking it to the rack and getting those calls for free throws where 
you know what I'm saying? He can always be like an efficient player on the court. I think we have a good chance, Kush. Now, one thing I will not say, I will not say the Rockets are losing tonight, uh, tomorrow. The Rockets will be winning tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? They will beat the Los Angeles Lakers. And the and the reason why I'm saying that is because of our defense. The last two games that we played against the Kings, who are a playoff team, I think they were top three last year in the Western Conference Finals. We held them under 100 points, bro, for both games. The last two games that we played against the Kings, the Rockets held the Kings under 100 points. And that's why I think we'll win the game. Our defense is legit this year. It's definitely the thing that's consistent with this team. And I really believe in that, Kush. And I know the Kings didn't have uh, Aaron Fox, you know what I'm saying, their point guard. But they're still a good team, and they have serviceable guys that could have stepped up, you know what I'm saying, while he was out. So I'm not going to use that as an excuse. The Rockets just took care of business. They don't control who they're playing. They just go out there and, and take care of business. And I think the defense is a real thing this year. But I did see that, as we all know, ESPN is a Lakers network, right? Because they're the one of the most historic franchises out there. They were already, you know what I'm saying, kind of trolling Dylan Brooks earlier and putting the stats that LeBron had and the record that he that they that he had against him. And I'm like, bro, what do you expect? It's LeBron James. Like he's literally like the greatest player to ever play the game. Like, of course he's gonna have those stats against Dylan Brooks. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's ESPN, you know, that's that's too much of them. Like they're gonna do what they do because they they probably they work for them, you know, they're Mickey Mouse network and shit. But you know, it is what it is. I, I can't wait for tomorrow's game already to talk some shit. And if you've ever been to any of these games, Kush, when the Lakers come to town, like half of Toyota Center is all Laker fans, as you can imagine. So it's kind of super annoying, but you know, the Lakers have a huge fan base, you know, so it is what it is. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, that's how it was when we played Golden State last Sunday, too. So sucks, but you know, it is what it is. But yeah. with with that, man, uh, let's end the podcast. Um Rockets and Lakers tomorrow. All eyes are gonna be on LeBron versus Dylan Brooks. Uh let's let's go win our fourth game in a row, man. Let's let's get it, man. We're gonna make this happen. And tomorrow, when we get this dub, I'm fucking going crazy, bro. I'm telling you right now, I'm gonna be all over the timeline talking bad shit. Hey, y'all heard it. Y'all heard it here first. Ike is over here guaranteeing a Houston Rockets win over uh, LeBron's Lakers tomorrow. So, you know, there there we go for uh, for that. You know, uh, so Ike. I hope the Rockets can make your prediction come true. I I mean, I, I really don't want the Twitter trolls to come at you tomorrow night if we lose the game. So, Rockets, uh, you know, CJ Stroud is going to be in the building. So, uh, yes, bro. please honor my boy CJ. Please honor my boy uh, Ike with a, with a win tomorrow. Please. 
Do it for the real. <laughs> do it for the real ones, man. CJ's in the building. I got to make this happen, man. It's going to be a great game tomorrow. Make sure y'all tune in. Hey, with that, we're going to end the podcast. Uh, like always, uh, we will be um, posting our link tree on the Inside the H podcast page for Twitter. All you guys got to do is click that link. You can get to the Spotify and the Apple link from there. Uh, so thank you guys for listening. We appreciate you guys. Uh, go Rockets, go Texans, go Astros, H-Town forever. Um, inside the H, man. Inside the H, baby. Let's go.